so I've been thinking about, um, uh, we're going to be in 2 Timothy chapter 1 uh, this morning, and uh, we'll be there this morning, I, I think, Lord willing, we'll be in chapter 2 next week, but as I was looking at uh, chapter 1, it, it was making me think about the, the people who have had influence on my life, and the ones who have uh, invested in me and, and made a difference. And of course, we honored uh, our fathers a couple weeks ago on Father's Day, and, and in May we were honoring mothers for Mother's Day, and certainly, we, you know, many of you probably think of your mother or father, maybe it's a school teacher, a pastor, Sunday school teacher, an aunt or uncle. We all have people who have help to shape who we've become and, and especially we talked I know I talked on Father's Day the little ones they look up to dad and they just want to imitate uh, imitate their dad well the Apostle Paul um, a bunch of times in the New Testament calls on his readers to follow his example one of them is in 1st Corinthians uh, chapter 11 verse 1 and it says, be imitators of me as I am of Christ. So Paul said, as I follow Christ, follow my example. And uh, I think he would, he would definitely argue if he was being unchristlike in some way, he would say, no, don't do that. But as I follow Christ, then you should follow my example. And in Philippians chapter 3, uh, he says it again, brothers, join in imitating me and keep your eyes on those who walk according to the example you have in us. So he's expanding that there a little bit. He said, look, follow my example, but also follow anyone who's following in the teaching of the Lord. And so he's, in, he's encouraging this idea of having someone that you look up to, having someone that you can uh, see how they handle a situation and maybe uh, model your life after that. Uh, 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 12, and we will get to 2 Timothy chapter 1, but Paul says this to Timothy, let no one despise you for your youth, but set the believers an example in speech, in conduct, in love, in faith, and in purity. So here he's actually telling Timothy, look, you need to set the example. So um, Paul says, as I follow Christ, follow me. He's telling Timothy, set the example for the believers um, in speech, in conduct, in love, in faith, in purity. Uh, as you understand the teachings of Christ and you live those out in your life, be an example. And so it's definitely biblical to follow someone's example. Uh, or you could look at it from the other perspective. It would be biblical to uh, strive to set the example for the people that are in your life, that are maybe younger or less mature in the faith, that are, are growing in their faith. And so for me, that's definitely been a big part of my life is having people that have spoken into my life and have encouraged me and have taught me. And that certainly has happened a lot. Um, as I've ministered here at the House of Prayer. And so someone who's really helped me with my ministry is obviously Pastor Jerry. And he was, he was here first service, as uh, Peter mentioned. He is, he's, he's taken the whole month of June off. He said in 30, I think it's 38 years of ministry, he's never taken a month off all at once. And so he is enjoying that. And uh, he has set an example for me. And I feel like an example worth following. And as I was as looking here in this first chapter of, of 2 Timothy, 
and reading through and, and just listening to what Paul is sharing to Timothy, I was thinking to myself, man, Pastor Jerry showed me that. He's taught me that. He's set that example. So we're going to look at that this morning. So t- uh, Paul, writing to Timothy, Paul's near the end of his life. Most scholars think this was probably the very last letter that Paul wrote, or at least it's the last uh, letter that we have in our scriptures that he wrote. And uh, he's a, a prisoner he knows that he's towards the end of his life. He knows he's not getting out of jail. Um, but he has mentored Timothy, and he's saying to Timothy, you're going to carry on the work of the ministry. And so what, I'm looking, what we're going to look at this morning, I'm calling some things I've learned from Pastor Jerry. And probably you've seen this example set as well. So uh, chapter 1, verse 1 says this. Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus, by the will of God, according to the promise of the life that is in Christ Jesus, to Timothy, my beloved son, my beloved child, grace, mercy, and peace from God the Father and Christ Jesus our Lord. So I started with, I started with six things that I've learned from Pastor Jerry, and then I added two. So this is one of the ones that I added. Uh, comes right here, right off the start. He says, to Timothy, my beloved child. And I'm, I'm trying to learn from Pastor Jerry, but we need to love with a Christ-like affection. Paul looked at Timothy and loved him like he was his own son. And... Um, Boy, Pastor Jerry's done a good job of loving each one of us like we were just part of the family. And um, so it makes, me, it makes me ask the question. These are, I'm going to ask two questions for each one of these points that we can think about together. Do I love with a Christ-like affection? Or do you love with a Christ-like affection? And what do I need to do? What do you need to do to be able to say, yes, I, I'm loving with a Christ-like affection? With everybody. This is, the, this is what sets some people apart, and Pastor Jerry sets the example for us. He does that with everybody, not picking and choosing. I think I'm kind of in the picking and choosing phase more than I'd like to be. Okay, so that was just a little side note. That was one of the extra ones. But the first thing that I had was I'm learning to be a praying pastor. Uh, verse 3 says this. I thank God whom I serve, as did my ancestors, with a clear conscience, as I remember you constantly in my prayers, night and day. And how many of you have been in a conversation with Pastor Jerry, and he said to you, let me just pray with you before you go. That's something that I am learning from Pastor Jerry. And it's an example that Paul has set for us in the scripture. Um, If we look in Romans, Corinthians, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians, Thessalonians, Timothy, Philemon, almost every letter that Paul wrote, he writes how he has been thanking God for these people that he's writing to. Paul was truly thankful for the people that God put in his life. Uh, in Ephesians and in Colossians, he prays that, that the people God's put in his life would have wisdom and knowledge. Uh, Romans and Ephesians, Paul prays that they would uh, understand the hope that they have in Christ. And we could, we could go through each book, but in, throughout the New Testament, throughout his letters, Paul prays uh, that the people he knows would have things like peace, unity, strength, joy, love. Over and over again, Paul writes, I am praying for you about this. And boy, Pastor Jerry set that example for me. And I know he set it for you as well. And I think the more that we pray, the more we realize 
how much God is involved in every aspect of our life. And maybe I should say that the other way around. The more we realize that God is involved in every aspect of our life, then the more we pray. So I'm learning to be a praying pastor. Are you a praying church member? All right, what, do, what would, if you're not, or if I'm not, what, what would it take in, to be able to say, yes, we, the house of prayer is a praying church. Uh, I think that's something that we can strive for. Verse four says this, as I remember your tears, I long to see you that I may be filled with joy. All right, so this wasn't originally one of my points, but it's one of the side points. Pastor Jerry, he is filled with joy when he sees you. Like I'm looking at you and I'm saying, when I see Pastor Jerry interact with you, I see joy on his face. That's the joy of the Lord. Am I a pastor filled with joy over the people that I'm honored to serve? Are, are, as a church, are we filled with joy when we see each other? Because we see each person as a blessing that God's put in our lives. Okay, that was a side note. Uh, number two, though, I'm learning to be an encouraging pastor. Um, verse five says this, I am reminded of your sincere faith, a faith that dwelt first in your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice, and now, I'm sure, dwells in you as well. So Paul knew Timothy's grandmother, he knew Timothy's mother, and he said, I've seen and observed the faith in them, and I'm sure that that same faith is in you as well, Timothy. He was encouraging Timothy. Somebody pointed out to me, yeah, and Pastor Jerry knows all my family too. <laughs> so it's easy to meet someone and see their faults, isn't it? to identify the things that we don't like, the things that we would do differently. But Pastor Jerry's taught me to see someone's potential. And I think that what Paul's saying to Timothy is, your grandmother had faith, your mother had faith, and you can have that same great faith. Jesus taught that, right? With God, all things are possible. And so when we, when we call out the good in somebody... Uh, when I see Phil and I see, man, Phil's a great guy. He's, he's got a servant's heart. I, I just see him taking care of people. And, and, I mean, Phil does. But I'm not saying, good job, Phil. Man, he, he's just trying. I've seen some of you. He's just trying more than you because, you know, he's doing these things. He's working hard and he's just, the more he tries, the better he is. That's not, that's not what we're saying here. We're saying as Phil submits to the Lord, he does amazing things for God. And that servant's heart is out of the overflow of your heart. It's out of a relationship with God. It's through uh, God working through you. And this is what we see in Pastor Jerry. A, a, a faith that we can do great things for God when we put our faith and trust in God. Um, I met, um, I didn't meet, but Byron McCombs, Byron McCombs came into the office this week. And uh, he was looking for Pastor Jerry. And, and some of you would know Byron. He was a youth pastor here at the church not too long ago, it was Sarah's youth pastor, so just a few years ago. But uh, I take offense to that. But anyways, he said, he said, you know, Jeff, I honestly believed that I could not do the job. Like, I had no confidence that I could do it. But Pastor Jerry, he believed in me. 
Now, what did Pastor Jerry believe about Byron? Well, he's a good guy, and if he tries hard, he could do it. God in him. If Byron were to put his faith and trust in God, all things were possible. And so when I think when, when Pastor Jerry comes up to us and he encourages us, he says, you can do it, he knows that God can do it in us. So are we, and am I an encouraging pastor? Am I an encouraging person? Are you an encouraging person? What would it take for you to be able to say, yeah, I, I, I'm doing my best to be an encouraging person? Uh, number three kind of ties to this idea of encouragement, but it's specific I'm learning to encourage people to use their gifts and abilities. Verse 6 says, For this reason I remind you to fan into flame the gift of God which is in you through the laying on of my hands. So Paul had a, a part in maybe Timothy's commissioning and, and praying that, that Timothy would uh, be able to serve well and be gifted for the ministry. But Paul specifically saying, to Timothy here, I don't want you to neglect this gift that God's given you. Um, you know, a lot of times when we talk about encouraging someone to use their gifts and abilities, it's about, well, we have a vacancy that we need to fill. Could you do it? And, uh, but this isn't talking about like, um, well, it'd be great if we just all participated. Like, wouldn't it be just great? Well, everyone, had a, everyone did something. That would be good. It would be better for everyone. But more specifically, Everyone has a, a part to play that only they can play. And Ephesians 4 talks a little bit about this in uh, verses 15 and 16. We'll look at quickly. Rather, speaking the truth in love, we, and it's, it's talking about the body of Christ. It's talking about the family of believers. We are to grow up in every way into him who is the head, into Christ from whom the whole body, joined and held together by every joint with which it is equipped, when each part is working properly, right? So when every single one is doing their part, when every person is, is using the gifts and ability that God's given them, makes the body grow so that it builds itself up in love. And I, I, think, I think partly, you know, people, people say, I've heard people say to me, uh, I'm sure you have too, well, House of Prayer, man, it's a loving church. When each part is working properly, makes the body grow so that it builds itself up in love. Pastor Jerry is a pastor that's encouraging, has encouraged each one of us to use the gifts and abilities that God's given us. So, are you using your gifts? Are you using the God-given gifts and abilities? Am I, am I doing that? What would it take for you to do that? What would it take for me to do that? Fourth thing that Pastor Jerry's been teaching me that I've been learning is to be bold with the truth in love. Verse 7 says this, For God gave us a spirit not of fear, but of power and love and self-control. Uh, some translations say of sound mind. Now you and I, we both know fear can be paralyzing. Right? When we're afraid, we just... We stop. We don't want to be. We don't want to take that step forward. We don't want to take the initiative, and fear can keep us from doing what God's calling us to do. Um, but when it comes to living a life in faith, Paul said, "Look, your your grandma had faith. Your mother had faith. I see that faith in you." Uh, Paul's saying to Timothy, "You've got the gifts. You need to fan into flame. I want you to. I want you to use your gifts." 
Paul says when it comes to faith, when it comes to using your gifts and ability, that fear is not from God. But I think that when we recognize that the gifts and abilities that we have are God-given, then there's great power in that. Because then I'm not counting on my skill and ability, but I'm counting on God to work through me. And there's great, um, there's great assurance. There's great... Um, you just have a, a, a peace about you when you are doing something and you know it's not you, it's God doing it through you. So fear is not from God, Paul says, but power, love, and self-control is. So when we recognize, if I'm going to do something, it's going to be through the power of God, we also need to recognize we need to do it in love. Um, I know I can be more like a bull in a china shop sometimes. When it's, I, I know something needs to be done. I see something needs to be done. I want to make sure it gets done. And it's like, it could be messy. But we have this power of God, but we also have the love of God. We need to, care, we need to personally care for people to see people the way that Jesus saw people. And if you had the, the uh, privilege of being at either one of the funerals this week, it was said both of Jane Easter and um, Jean Murray that they both had the ability to see people the way that God sees people. And that's a, that's a, special, um, that's a special thing when we see that because then we have love for people. We have care for people. It's not about accomplishing tasks. It's about building relationships. And uh, it takes self-discipline, self-control. It takes a sound mind to discern where do we use, when, how much love do we need, how much truth do we need. We need. I know we need both, but where, and God gives us this discernment, only possible through God. So Pastor Jerry's helped me to see that. So what would it take for us to be bold with the truth, but also to speak it in love? What would that look like in your life? What does that look like in my life? All right, number five, I'm learning to be unashamed of the gospel. 2 Timothy 1 verse 8 says this, Therefore, do not be ashamed of the testimony about our Lord, nor of me, his prisoner, but share in the suffering for the gospel by the power of God. So Paul says, don't be ashamed about the fact that you're a Christian. Don't be ashamed that you know me. And of course, Paul would have been known probably throughout the region for causing trouble and for um, being, being, possibly even being in jail, but, but for not following the rules and, and especially within the, the Jewish religion, he was an outsider. He says, don't be, don't be ashamed about God. Don't be ashamed about me, but share in the suffering for the gospel by the power of God. Now, I don't think when we, when we talk about sharing the gospel here in our, in our culture and in, in our life that we live, we're talking about uh, risking jail, risking uh, community rejection, and some of these things that Paul and Timothy were facing. But I think what's the key here is, is Paul says, I'm not ashamed. Why don't you share with me in this task of seeing the gospel proclaimed, whatever it is that that might mean. And for us, I don't think it, it, it results in the, in the suffering that Paul and Timothy would have experienced, but Paul nevertheless is inviting Timothy to participate in this sharing of the gospel. Verse 9. This is the gospel. Jesus, um, 
share in the suffering of the gospel by the power of God, who saved us and called us to a holy calling, not because of our works, but because of his own purpose and grace. We didn't earn our salvation. By God's grace, we've been given salvation, which he gave to us in Jesus Christ before the ages began. And which now has been manifested through the appearing of our Savior Christ Jesus, who abolished death and brought life and immortality to light through the gospel. For which I was appointed a preacher, an apostle, and teacher. So hopefully as a church, we love the gospel, right? We get I get amen for anything this morning, that'd be it, right? We love the gospel, right? I mean, that's, what, that's why we're here. That's what's made the biggest difference in our lives, is the fact that Jesus died on the cross for our sins. We've been given new life. Not because of what we've done. Because who are we? You know, rebellious, self-seeking people. But by the power of God, these verses say we've been given a holy calling, and it's not because of our works, but because of his purpose and grace. Jesus brought us life and immortality through the gospel. Think about that. Immortality. We have it. Like these bodies, okay, we're gonna get, they're, they're done. we'll get rid of them one day. No big deal. I didn't say it, but Debbie makes a good point. Some are closer to immortality than others. <laughs> That's something to be excited about, right? And we've watched Pastor Jerry get excited about that over the years, haven't we? Um, in, in Deuteronomy chapter 6, Moses has been giving instruction to the, to, the, to the Jewish people, the laws, the commandments, the... Um, how it's all going to work with the sacrifices. And this is what he concludes with, some of his thoughts. You shall teach them diligently to your children and, sh and shall talk of them when you sit in your house, when you walk along the way, when you lie down, when you rise. Oh, can we, can we get verse 6 there first, Craig? I'm sorry. I've got it. These words that I command you today shall be on your heart. And you shall teach them diligently to your children and talk to them when you sit, when you walk, when you lie down, when you rise. So these were, God said, look, these are, the, these are the rules, these are the commandments, these are the ordinances. You need to be talking about them. You need to be sharing them. How much more important is it for us to be, throughout our daily experience, be sharing the truth of the gospel? Life-giving truth. The law brought death, but Jesus came and brought life. Verse 8, I just want to touch back on it again. Do not be ashamed of the testimony about our Lord. That's a, that's a conviction for me. I've had plenty of times in my life where, not necessarily that I was ashamed, but I certainly didn't speak up like I could have. What, what would it take for each one of us to be someone who shares the gospel? Not just known as a gospel preaching and teaching church, but as we go into the community, a gospel sharing church. Okay, number six, know your Savior and his word. Uh, verse 12 says this, Paul says, I'm a teacher, I'm an apostle, um, a preacher. And he said, this is why I suffer as I do, but I'm not ashamed and this is why, for I know whom I have believed, 
and I'm convinced or I'm persuaded that he is able to guard or keep until that day what has been entrusted to me. So last week when we were talking, we were talking about how the fact that Paul was convinced he knew, he understood what meats could be eaten and what it couldn't and the significance of the idols, but he knew and was convinced that he could eat meat. And we see here, Paul's a man of conviction. He says, I know whom I've believed, and I'm convinced that he is able to guard until that day which has been entrusted to me. He's convinced that Jesus will finish the work that Jesus has started. How important is it for us to know our Savior? Like, not just know, yeah, I know, Jesus died on the cross for my sins. I'm going to live with him one day. But are, are we truly convinced that his word is true? And if we were to answer yes to that question, then does our conviction lead to a changed life? Does it translate into our actions, into our, our everyday living? Uh, Pastor Jerry's been, he's big on, on reading the Word, and that we make the daily Bible plans available and our daily bread. And how many times in the middle of a message does Pastor Jerry say, oh, but and Barbie and I, we were reading in Ecclesiastes last night, and this verse also applies to this morning's, because he's in the Word wanting to know his Savior, wanting to know his God. So how do we have faith? How do we have joy? How do we live in uh, power and love with a sound mind? How do we use our gifts? Well, it starts by knowing God, knowing his word. So how well do I, do I know my Savior? How well do you know your Savior and his word? What would it take for us to know him that much more, know his word that much more? So my prayer is that we would continue to be a church individually, but as a whole, that knows the Savior and knows his word. Okay, verse 13 says this, kind of bringing it all together, Paul says, follow the pattern of the sound words that you have heard from me. Paul says, what I have told you is sound, it's true. You can follow my example. I, I pray that, I, that one day I, I feel like I could say that. I don't think, probably most of us, if we're honest, and Pastor Jerry came to me after first service, he said, don't, don't get them to follow me. They need to be following Jesus. But the point that Paul makes is that as we follow Jesus, people can look at us and see Christ in us. And they can learn from our example in the faith and the love that are in Christ Jesus. And so Paul, Paul even here is not taking the credit for himself. He's saying the faith, the love, it came from Christ. So follow my example, follow my words. And verse 14 says, By the Holy Spirit who dwells within us, guard the good deposit entrusted to you. And that's really the key with all of this. We can talk about this person's example, that person's example. Um, the Holy Spirit in us allows us to do Amazing things. When we just kind of reject and think, nah, I'm, I'm, I'm on my own, I can do this. And uh, that's, that's me too often probably. I'm a, I, can, I, can, I can take care of this kind of guy. We can get into a lot of trouble that way. But the Holy Spirit is within us to empower us, uh, to fill us with love, to give us that discernment as we speak the truth, as we do it in love. mentioned eight things this morning. So my, 
challenge is as I read these, reread these eight things, I want you to ask yourself, does that describe me? What, it's the questions that I've been asking, what would it take to, to be able to say, yes, that describes me? What are some things that you could say, thank you, Lord, for allowing me to be that way? What are some of the things that you'd have to say, Lord, I need your Holy Spirit working in me because I want to be more like Christ in that area. So here they are. Loves, let's, let's, be, a, let's be a person, let's be a church that loves with Christ-like affection, that prays for people, that takes joy in people, that speaks well of each other, that encourages the use of our gifts. Are we bold with the truth in love? Are we unashamed of the gospel? Do we know our Savior and his word? We're going to close with a song this morning. We also get to uh, enjoy communion together this morning. And um, thank you to the deacons who helped to get those cups passed. And maybe uh, if we could have someone with some extras ready just in case. We're just going to... Close with a word of prayer and a song and then share in the Lord's table together. Heavenly Father, uh, I'm thankful for this passage of Scripture, Lord, because it really speaks to me uh, and just uh, challenges me as Paul. um, Just, I I feel like with Christ-like affection or with fatherly love, he is um, sharing with Timothy um, just some important truths and uh, it makes me evaluate, Lord, just where I'm at with some of these things. Am I, uh, could it be said of me that I am imitating Christ, uh, that I'm living a Christ-like life? Uh, Lord, I, that's my prayer that I would be that way, that, that I would be able to set an example. Lord, I feel like uh, in, in many of these things, you've got much work to do in me. You've got much work to do in all of us. And uh, yet that's why, partly why we come, Lord, because we want to be more and more like you. We want to have better understanding. Um, Lord, as we, as we think about uh, being a church that's known for our, um, our love and our, our joy and our encouragement and, our, and truth and love for sharing the gospel, for knowing who you are, Lord, I pray that, um, that, that these things would be our heart's desire as we seek to represent you well as we want to be your ambassadors in our world. And uh, Lord, our world uh, starts right here in Blairsville in Union County. And I pray that, um, Lord, we would be, um, that we would be salt and light in this community, that because of our, our Christ uh, imitation, that others would see who you are, how much you love them, and would be drawn to the truth. Lord, thank you for first loving us. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.